This is a podcast from WSUM. The opinions expressed in this podcast do not reflect the views of WSUM, the University of Wisconsin-Madison, or its Board of Regents. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Sex Out Loud's podcast with WSUM. My name is Jordan, and I am a program facilitator at Sex Out Loud. Uh, my name is Annie. I'm a program facilitator for Sex Out Loud. Hi, everyone. My name is Bella, and I'm also one of the program facilitators at Sex Out Loud. Yeah, so for those of us who don't know, Sex Out Loud is UW-Madison's peer-to-peer sexual health resource. Um, We offer a variety of different programs on sexual health, as well as free safer sex supplies, a library of different resources, and peer-to-peer counseling. So today we come to you from WSUM, that's just an org we're collaborating with, to provide you with all of this information from our various programs from the comfort of your own home. Okay, so today we are talking about pleasure, specifically masturbation. So this is going to be a really interesting episode. So let's get Yay. into it. Woo! Exciting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So first, I think it'd be fun if we did a little game, Ooh. you could say. Um, I feel like masturbation, there's a lot of rhetoric around it, things that get said, like um, different opinions people have. Um and some of those may not be true or accurate. So I think what we'll do is say some phrases and some of them will be myths and some of them will be facts. And we'll have to determine which are which okay. about okay, masturbation. Cool. Okay. okay, so I'm going to say the first one. Are you ready? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay. Masturbation is strictly a solo activity. I and um, Annie, what do you think? Um... I'm thinking, I'm thinking myth. Yeah. I'm thinking myth for that one. I feel like <laughs> it doesn't have to be solo. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Yeah. Do you have any more reasoning behind that? I mean, we've talked about mutual masturbation in some of our programs, which is yeah. totally a thing mm-hmm. you can do. Um, yeah. 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 Definitely. Let's look at some other ones here. Masturbation can help with things like headaches, menstrual cramps, and pain during sex. I think that's true. I think that's true. I think I've heard that before. Yes, I that's feel like I don't talk about it that much, but I feel like I've definitely heard it before. I've definitely heard the menstrual cramps. Yeah, thing. I feel like I've seen them like when those like, like I don't know, like Seventeen magazine or whatever mm-hmm. like those magazines that I read when I was younger. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot of health benefits, and I was also thinking, like, anxiety and stress. Yeah, yeah I've definitely. heard of those, too. Um, only people with penises can ejaculate. That's a myth. That's a myth. <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> you guys are so good at this. <laughs> it's like we do this. Yeah. <laughs> um, anybody, Annie, you want to Yeah, I can on? read one. Um, oh, expand oh, either on one. Either okay. No, I can expand. Um, yeah, so myth, only people with penises can ejaculate. Um, so this is a myth because of the term that people call squirting, um, which can happen with people who have um, vaginas or vulvas. Um, and typically this is associated with um, stimulating the G-spot on a person with a vagina. Um but yeah, uh, from that pleasure or from, I mean, other kinds of pleasure as well, um, people with vaginas can also ejaculate. And it's just uh, 
it's just like vaginal fluid it's nothing crazy it's not urine yeah Yeah. Um, a lot of people think they're peeing yeah a lot of people feel that way or they're they're nervous Mm -hmm. um which uh is just not true um but yeah no definitely can happen but it also doesn't like happen for everyone it's very like personal and everyone's bodies are different when it comes to the amount of ejaculation a person might have or may not have or also like how much fluid we actually have in our bodies to ejaculate mm-hmm. can be mm-hmm. very like different. Um, so that's just a straight myth. Yeah. Interesting. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, okay, I'll read one. So do y'all think masturbation always ends in orgasm? No. Um, myth. I think that's a myth. Call it a myth. Yeah, that's a myth. Yeah, so it doesn't have to. Yeah. That's like any kind mm-hmm. of sexual like pleasure activity though. Um, you know, things don't always need to end in orgasm. It just can be for fun and pleasure and a fun experience. Um, it's kind of about, back to about our, the journey. Yeah, but you don't need to get to the destination. Not the destination. That's <laughs> how I was saying. <laughs> it's like keep journey. The, um, then we talk about sex a lot, a lot with like the playground metaphor for sex, which is we like to stray away from the baseball diamond metaphor that is stated a lot when it comes to like sexual experiences of how like first base, second base third base home run would be like orgasm um and we stay away from that just because we the narrative is just very um that there is a goal and there is like this thing to achieve um we like to think of more sex as more of a playground you can kind of you know do you want play with different kind of like fun different things as you would on a playground um and you know kind of you know just have fun there's no goal it's just kind of just to have fun is the whole like you know and how like goal of it all yeah and try new things go to the swing set (laughs) yeah maybe swing a little (laughs) go to the slide yeah and maybe Mm -hmm. do the side like i'll go down the side go back up and down like crawl up the slide (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah, i used to do that i forgot about that (laughs) yeah i also think the baseball metaphor just makes people feel bad or like there's something wrong with them if they can't orgasm yeah right you know there's nothing wrong it's just, I don't know. It's just body. It can also, yes. like, depend on the day for some right. people, too. Yeah. So many different things. So, yay, playground. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, again, I'll see another one I could say. Let's see if you uh, you all can get two for two. Um, <sighs> all right. Um, masturbation. Masturbate. Wait. Why am I, like... <laughs> You were right the first time. I was right the first time. I don't know why my mouth is not working. It's a long okay. word. Masturbation may lead to blindness. Whoa. <gasps> Whoa. Myth or fact? <sighs> That's got to be a myth. There's but no way. But what if it was true? That would be crazy. <laughs> I'm going to say myth, though. That would be, that'd be yes. too, too crazy. It is a myth. Um, <laughs> it it does not. Like That's that. the simple answer, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. I'm not sure. Maybe that's a common. Um, I don't know. I was trying to look why, but I think maybe leading into our next little bit, there's a lot of like, well, we're going to talk about stigma around masturbation, but I think like from yeah. the past, there's a lot of like medical myths that were spread. Yeah. Um, so that could be an example of that. Maybe that continued on as a misconception. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of um, misconceptions, like, wrapped up with just, like, belief systems and things like that. Yeah. That were, you know, like, instilled uh, 
just as like kind of fear tactics and things yeah so especially like i don't know if we'll touch on this too much but like religious beliefs usually in terms of not masturbating because of what it you know spilling the seed kind of thing yeah Yeah. no there i know there's still some like religions and cultures out there that have certain like rules and stuff around masturbation i'm not sure what they are or what which ones they are um but yeah there definitely is a lot of different things that are spread about it um so i feel like we all can make our own choices but also you know make sure no one thinks that they're gonna go blind because they masturbate or think that they're gonna be in danger because they masturbate um in like a physical sense this is a fun fact that i did find so um, one of the signers of the declaration of independence dr benjamin rush um, he believed that masturbation was the cause of poor eyesight, so the blindness, um, oh. but also epilepsy, poor memory, and tuberculosis. Wow. Which is a crazy <laughs> grouping of things. That's a <laughs> yeah. lot of things. Yeah. And then he said that especially women would become feeble-minded and more susceptible to evil if they masturbated. Mm. I think that so. contributes a lot to the more current double standard about yeah. oh, for um, sure. masturbation on vulvas or vaginas mm-hmm. and yeah. how it's like almost seem like there's a narrative that oh it's like masturbation on penises is like so normal but then it's not for vulvas but as we're discussing today yeah. not true at all yeah no. cool so i don't know did anyone like growing up did you guys get weird messages about masturbation or like i don't know what were your thoughts on it as like you were going through puberty and like discovering your own body i feel like i didn't really know about it mm-hmm. which as like i don't know like as like a cisgender like woman like growing up i feel like it's like a very normal experience of just not knowing about that you can masturbate yeah. or that it's not even you talked about in school or in sex yeah. ed it's just kind of like something that people like fall into or like i feel like the ways that i found out about it were like online they weren't really like given to me anyway or like safe ways to, to, to you know do it or, or like the i don't know i feel like it was very hidden i guess mm-hmm. yeah i would agree i feel like well, nobody talked about it in school no. to me. Um, no, no. But, and I think especially our generation, we did find out so much online. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of what exposed me to sex in general was like the media and movies and TV shows. Mm-hmm. And I, anytime I remember any reference to masturbation, like a joke or something, it was always like about a penis. Mm-hmm. I feel like I didn't, like that was the focus of, you know what masturbation was so that's kind of not that I didn't think women could do it it was just like that was that seemed like more normalized oh yeah yeah. Um, so then when thinking about masturbation other ways it just seemed not as like accessible I Mm -hmm. guess yeah I agree I feel like it was always talked about in reference to like a penis and then I thought it was wrong or like not immoral but like not something you should do yeah right. have a vulva. Yeah. Like, yeah yeah no i agree um and that kind of i guess like leads into our kind of you know initial introduction to talking about masturbation um like the bottom line of it all that we want everyone listening to remember um as they're as they're listening to what we're saying today um is that masturbation is not dirty and it shouldn't be shameful and 
many, 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 many people engage in it. And if you, but like if you don't or people around you don't, that's also completely fine. Um, it's totally personal. It's a totally personal thing. Very preference based, very like belief based. Um, it's just everyone kind of doing their own thing and respecting themselves and their own wants and needs and things. Yeah. Yeah. And we kind of touched on some of the benefits, but there are numerous ones, um, like reducing stress, Mm -hmm. um, can sometimes improve our sleep too. Um, it's also low on the risk continuum, which we talk a lot about at sex out loud. Um, which means that if we're masturbating, um, usually solo, solely <laughs> um, we have a low virtually no risk of um passing along any stis which yeah. is another good benefit no that's the great benefit yeah. especially well this is kind of like different risk in um but covid we talk about yeah. as well with this is this was a great way for people to stay you know in touch with their sexual right. side but you know, when you have COVID or you're you're in quarantine or during when we were all went to lockdown, it was a very low risk activity for right. COVID. Um, and there's basically there's if you're you know masturbating solely as well or within the spaces of with mutually with a person that you are quarantined with, there's again very very low risk that mm-hmm. yeah. Pass on us. yeah, it's also like easy access. Like you don't have to. You can. It's just whenever you have time like you know yeah like, <laughs> accessible like, yeah you don't need mm-hmm. as you know much other there's not a lot of other moving parts to no, it no you don't necessarily need anything yeah yeah i did want to add when we say virtually no risk i feel like it's important to mention that like that risk could come from toys and yeah if maybe we were sharing a toy and didn't mm-hmm. clean it or like use a barrier method then we could have a risk of passing along stis true yeah, I guess, yeah, main lesson, just, just wash your sex toys yeah. <laughs> and wash your hands. <laughs> yeah, hygiene is And, good. yeah, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, be hygienic mm-hmm. with all the things you're using for masturbation. Um, and we also mentioned before something else to add for benefits. We added uh, relieves menstrual cramps and pelvic pain, which can be a great tool, like a very, like, holistic tool, I feel mm-hmm. like. Um, and... I mean, kind of like we've also talked about the last couple of minutes, but just like blanket statement, you don't need a partner for it. Um, and that kind of what we were saying about COVID too is you can kind of do it at your own pleasure to for real. <laughs> like yeah. it is really like whenever you would like to do it, but also it can be fun with a partner, which we mentioned before um, with the myth. In fact, um, mutual masturbation is something a lot of folks engage in. Um, it can be very pleasurable for both people and have a really like sexy experience. Um, and we have here that it just can like feel like great, like it can yeah. just feel great. Yeah. So make oh. you. <laughs> I'm gonna say one last point that it uh-huh. can make you more in tune with your mind oh, and yeah. your body and the mind body connection, yeah. which can be really powerful. Really, yeah. Well, yeah, I think that's like a really important thing to talk about too. With when it comes to like sex, um, especially with those with people who are like starting their sexual like journeys Mm -hmm. is like really you know masturbation is a great tool to like know your own body so we have like things in our mind that we know we want to bring up in sexual experiences with partners if we choose to have sex with other partners so it's something to like really you know like own our pleasure we can really like state what we want what we like what we don't like it's a really good tool to like do without the low the stakes are low too because you're 
you can do it alone. You don't have to like feel pressure or anything. You kind of just can like do your own thing. Right. It's a lot of self exploration. Yeah. And we can that we can use in other ways. Yeah. Like, carry over. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um. So I guess we can talk about some of like the hows and like techniques. Uh, mm-hmm. But basically, we've been saying this like masturbation is very personal. So it's basically we're just exploring our own body and like seeing what feels good for us um and we can use a various very variety of different things like our hands or toys which we're gonna talk a little bit about some toys later um yeah and we can also use lube yes lube lube. lube can be great (laughs) yeah and we have so much at our (laughs) office (laughs) please stop by and get some um but yeah just kind of taking some time to yourself like we said the mind body connection whole thing like this can be a kind of powerful moment like just thinking about what feels good like physically and also like i don't know in your mind anyone like flesh that out (laughs) further but like it's i think part of it too is like like awareness almost like a mindfulness um between what you're physically experiencing and um your mind's like awareness of that mm-hmm. can help you feel more uh, in tune with the experience that you're going through. Yeah, I feel like breathing yeah. techniques can be cool to incorporate too. Mm-hmm. Just like increase that awareness and like just being more in tune with your body. Yeah, yeah, and I think mm-hmm. also like it, there can be a learning curve to it of of like we could start out trying something, maybe it's not working great, and then. We have t- time <laughs> to um, experiment in different ways, like we talked about earlier. But maybe, like, I guess I, what I'm saying is, like, we shouldn't get too discouraged if, like, one technique isn't working great. Because I'm sure there will be a different one we could try. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also I feel like, too, if we're just starting out with, like, again, like, our sexual journeys or, like, masturbation journeys in general. And say, like, we have never felt like that kind of pleasure before or felt like stimulated before or felt like even an orgasm before um it's like really easy I feel like people to become very like distressed if there's no like orgasm or there's no like pleasure um but I feel like too I like think about I I like to think about a lot is that sometimes like we don't even know what that looks like yet for our bodies and like we don't know that actually even feels like so it's kind of just like you know like don't be hard on yourself Mm -hmm. you know you don't know like until you know kind of it's like it's all about like exploring and figuring it out what's good for you so um I'm there'll be something out there that works for you um but you may not even know like what to label it yet like you may not even know yeah and with exploring um we've talked about erogenous zones in past episodes but quick summary it's just like different parts of your body that are pleasurable um that we can use in sex and masturbation so um something to mention is we can just kind of like try you know messing around with different parts of our body to see what's pleasurable for us and what's great about masturbation is that if we're on our own we're alone you know we can try different things and we don't there's no risk of being judged or like i don't know if we feel like silly doing something nobody else is there so it's a great like time to get comfortable with your own body and just experiment these like different zones that could be really great for us yeah Yeah. this is a little like off topic but I was just thinking 
I think it could be an interesting thing to do. I don't know if people do this, but maybe like keep a little like notebook. <laughs> you need that. Yeah. You could record like like a journal entry if if people are into that and like kind of write down how the experience was yeah, and like yeah. kind of re- reflect in getting the thoughts on the page. Like you know how did that go? Maybe so you could see your progress yeah no that's a great idea i've never really heard that. of that that sounds like a great idea yeah. i'm sure that's out there somewhere yeah. but yeah it's kind of like like a dream journal <laughs> yeah <laughs> a masturbation journal we're yeah. really on like a mindfulness kick today we really yeah. are yeah. it's all related mm-hmm, it we're really in touch with the universe today mm-hmm. oh yeah feeling mindful no i feel that way for sure <laughs> um so <laughs> We're just going to now move on to some different techniques that people can use for masturbation. Um, We're kind of, we're going to kind of have these organized by just pleasuring different body parts um, on different people, um, on ourselves, things like that. Um, So, yeah, we're not going to go super, super in depth just because it might be like, super hard to picture that if we go like very specific about it but just kind of like the general gist um to have y'all like visualize in ways what this might look like um so for the first thing we want to talk about is the techniques that um we can use for masturbation with um, penises so this typically might just look like um gripping the shaft of the penis and the head with the hands and moving up and down at varying speeds. So just jerking off. Um, We can also use a masturbation sleeve um, with this motion as well. Um, And with the penis, we also like to remind people who we give programs to about pleasure specifically is that the frenulum is the most sensitive spot on the penis. Um, I don't know how to describe that over, you know, audio. Just look it up, maybe. But, yeah, look <laughs> it up. Frenulum, like, you can look up frenulum, like, anatomical diagram, and it will show you a very, like, <laughs> clear diagram of everything. Um, but this is the most sensitive spot on the penis, so it could be a great place to focus on and caress and massage um, to keep ourselves turned on and everything. Yeah. Do you have any, anyone want to add any other well, fun places? I was just thinking, what are... I guess we're going to talk about toys later, so yeah. never mind. Never mind. Yeah. I'll save it. <laughs> um, no, I don't. Do you have anything to add, Jordan? No. Do you want to take the next sure. one? Sure. Okay. Yeah. So now we're going to move on to vulvas specifically. There's a lot we can do here. Um, in terms of, I guess, for staying away from toys for now, we can use our fingers, palm, um, and gently rub the clitoris. And then we can do a lot of different variations of the movements we're we're making with our hands we could like move up and down in circles vary the speed and the pressure really just kind of experiment to find what feels good um and some of our programs we like to say oh wait never mind that's something that's a different thing (laughs) okay Um, but yeah find what works for us and then we can even experiment even more and maybe flick or tap the vulva um, as a whole or just the clitoris and then beyond that we can try fingering um, where this is where we're inserting as many fingers that feels comfortable into the vagina um, and then kind of creating like a come hither motion and moving our fingers in and out varying speeds Um, yeah we could even do like a combination of fingering and stimulating the clitoris at the same time 
Anything to add there? No. No. I feel like <laughs> that like touches like all the bases. Mm-hmm. Basics. Yeah. So next area, um, thoughts. So a lot of people might like the feeling of fullness maybe. So having using like a butt plug or your fingers just like inserted while we're masturbating could also increase pleasure. Um, and it's also a cool way to just experiment with butt stuff on our own before we introduce it with the partner. Use lube. That's like an important <laughs> note there. <laughs> and then again, we're going to talk more about toys so we can go a little more in depth on that later. But yeah. And then also for like breasts and, and or nipples um, that we can just grab and squeeze our own um, we can also, some people might be able to lick their own nipples or put lube on there. So that could be a cool way to experiment. And again, if we feel silly doing it, we're on our own, so no one's judging. But yeah, a lot of these techniques can be used on all bodies, regardless of our anatomy. So they're cool. We can just implement them wherever. So yeah, anything to add to those points, guys? No, I I just had a little note at the end about edging. Yeah, let's let's talk (laughs) Um, about that. It can be a technique for people to try to um, increase amounts of pleasure by increasing the amount of time before, let's say, that we're attempting to orgasm while we're masturbating. Increasing, like slowing down, increasing the amount of time before that eventual orgasm like putting it off a little can increase the pleasure I don't do, I don't know if I explained that in the right way but yeah I feel like it's like the whole like you get close enough to orgasm and then you take it away kind of and then you get like close enough again and then you yeah. take it away close enough until we feel that it is right to orgasm or not either way um Mm -hmm. but it can like it can be like a entirely like more pleasurable experience um to like yeah to like edge close to that orgasm and then like go away like hence the name edging yeah Mm -hmm. okay cool so sex toys um it's my favorite thing to talk about because i recently just updated a bunch of (laughs) Oh, yeah. So you're the expert with us here. Um, yeah. <laughs> if anyone listening is interested, we have a fantastic advanced pleasure program updated by yours truly. Um, <laughs> so feel free to, you know, request that at sexoutloud.org. Um, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So toys, we're just going to kind of briefly go over a bunch of different kinds. But again, that program that I just mentioned, we <laughs> that you updated, more, yes, that I updated, <laughs> um, we talk about them more in depth and then we also can like show you the toys. So it might be helpful to like right. have a visual. You could also go along with this and like Google them as <laughs> yeah, we say each one. Just to see what they look like. Yeah. yeah. That, you could probably do that. You could. Yeah, also, another note about sex toys is that we have a sexual health carnival coming up in a few weeks and we will be doing sex toy giveaways and we got a lot of really cool stuff. So just plugging that, which is on our Instagram at sex out loud. Anyways, <laughs> so <laughs> the toys that we go over, none of them are like necessary to have a quote unquote healthy or hot sex life. But we just want to give all this information so that, you know, we know different options and become more critical consumers of sex toys so yeah there are a ton we're going to be going over so we can start with dildos 
which are just toys that could be used for penetration um, with the vagina, the anus, orally, any form of intercourse, really. They can also be used to stimulate areas like the clitoris, prostate, and G-spot. Um, they come in a ton of different materials, so typically they'll be like silicone that could be metal or glass. Um, there are like plastic, rubber, and jelly ones, but we might want to be careful with those. Also with jelly, they're usually not great for bodies because they can be porous. So silicone toys are great because those are not porous. Um, and then before, you know, getting one, it can be good to do a finger test, just like inserting fingers to see what, like, um, what do you call that? Like width yeah. circumference, I don't know, <laughs> is best. Yeah, yeah. width. Width. Um, before we buy like, you know, like a big one and then it might be uncomfortable to put in, just mm-hmm. do a quick test. Um, they also come in a lot of different sizes, colors, textures, some vibrate, some don't. Some are shaped in different things. There's like, um, I don't know, we have a dolphin one that's kind of fun, but I feel like <laughs> I've seen like like monster ones, and like different things online. So mm-hmm. lots of different types. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's just like, I feel like a lot of different kinds. Um, so it's just kind of whatever works for you. Also cost comes into a lot of this. Um Dildos can vary in cost, just like any sex toy can. Um, but, you know, the we, we, like, just endorse just finding safe ones in general. That, that If they're low cost, they're low cost as long as, like, it's a good, like, a high-grade silicone would be awesome. Um, and, yeah, whatever is good for you, um, good for your body. Um, also, just making sure if we're going to use a dildo for restoration, just to wash them um, between uses. Um, that could be soap water. You could boil them for like three to five minutes um, and you can even put them on the top rack of your dishwasher, um, which is something very fun um, Ooh, and easy. Fun, yeah. Um, but yeah, I feel like um, with those, it's kind of all that I feel like a good overview of them in general for yeah. masturbation. I feel like yeah. quick ones. I mean, they're pretty... Um, like intuitive i don't know but like some types to mention are just like a double-ended dildo um which just has a dildo on each end of it i feel like looking this up would be most helpful (laughs) um but two partners could use it at once or um someone could like use it to penetrate the anus and like maybe vagina at the same time or one end could be used as a handle if it's like easier to grab um and then i also wanted to just mention harnesses as well or strap-ons which have a bunch of different sizes um but they can be used to like turn traditionally receptive partners into insertive partners they could be used for people with penises that have erectile dysfunction um they could be like strapped around objects and so on there's like harnesses um which you could kind of put around your waist um thigh straps which would go around your thigh i think there's like hand ones as well um we have like a pair of like shorts they're like yeah like boxers (laughs) um so yeah they're cool and then also like a penis sheath or extender which um basically if like a partner wants the feel of something like bigger and harder than what their insertive partner might have at that moment it just could provide like that filled up feeling um so Again, we can, like, look this up to get the visual, but 
um, you can lube up the penis to put it into the sheath and then the balls would go into like the ring. This is so hard to describe without like, actually <laughs> yeah. Yeah. seeing it, but yeah. Definitely easy to look up. Mm-hmm. So request our program. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, and like, then oh. along, I feel like dildos are very like, I feel like people hear about them a lot. And I feel like the other one that a lot of folks hear about are vibrators, which kind of go hand in hand with, can we go hand in hand with dildos as well? Because there are vibrating dildos. Um, but just vibrators in general are vibrating toys that can be used externally and sometimes internally to stimulate the clitoris, vulva, perineum, penis, scrotum, or just any exposed skin in general. Um, I know people also use them on like breasts and things like that as well. So it can be kind of whatever we want to use it for. Um, there are different kind of feelings of vibrators. There's buzzy versus throbby feeling um vibrators um i feel like i don't know how to explain that any other way but buzzing like it's a more of the vibration (laughs) it's like yeah it's a more like a buzz and there's more there's some more more of like like, a pulsing like a pulsing yeah yeah. um buzzing can like make the area feel a little bit more like numb i guess but never we never want to fully numb an area of our bodies so it just has the illusion of that um we don't want to numb any part of our body we're, we're doing anything sexually just so we know if we're ever feeling pain um and a big note to note about vibrators is that they are not regulated so they can be kind of made of anything so please check for body safety when you're looking for a vibrator um or for dildos or any sex toy um again we recommend silicone based um vibrators um they also, I'm, sh- I'm not even sure what other kind of materials would be for vibrators. I don't know if they make like metal ones or probably. I don't. Um, yeah. It's not like they're making wait, yeah, like wood one. <laughs> the, the metal, because we just got those necklaces that are also oh. vibrators. Oh yeah. Okay. So yeah. So it can be like they can be made of, um, like metal, silicone. I'm sure there's glass ones out there. Things like there are plastic ones and, r- and jelly ones as well. Um, but again, be careful with those. Um, those may not be super body safe, and the jelly might be porous, which will make cleaning it hard. Um, and again, like dildos, um, we want to clean them between use um, or between uh, using them on different parts of our bodies. Uh, so again, we can use soap, water. Um, boil also again check the packaging on all vibrators before you're doing these things but you know we can make sure that we can maybe use it a dishwasher if it's waterproof um there's differences between some vibrators are waterproof some are splash proof um waterproof is as many know like can be submerged in water and such um but splash proof uh more so just for the occasional like water being involved um waterproof might be something more like beneficial for like if we want to use a vibrator in a bathtub or things like that or a shower um so you know pick out the ones that you would like to use that would seem cool to you um and yeah make sure we're cleaning those washing those and finding the right ones for our skin um but yeah do you know like like bella do you have like is there just one kind of vibrator? Like, is there just one kind? Oh, uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's a few different kinds. There's a variety out there. Um, so we'll kind of go through 
kind of what's on the market, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I, vibrators and like all sex toys can be an investment. And I think it's good to maybe if we're first like, trying them out kind of see what we like and we may not want to spend like a ton of money on one so there are some ones that are more economically plausible <laughs> so there's something called the slim vibrator which is usually on the cheaper side and it can be great for starting out and usually costs less than 25 dollars um and these are typically made of hard plastic although i'm sure they can be made of silicone too but um, they often come yeah. with varying speeds from gentle to a stronger buzzy vibration, what we talked about earlier. Um, and they can be used externally and also vaginally. And then um, we also have soft serve vibrators. And these are thicker vibrators. And they're similar to the slim vibrators in a lot of ways. They cost around the same amount, 20 to $25 and they're also typically made of plastic they can be used internally and externally but should not be used for any anal play um and then there's also the bullet vibrator which i feel like is kind of a more talked about one it's like a smaller one in size and it's used mostly only um externally and should never be used internally and then um, that's also going to be like that vibration buzzy feeling. And then we have discrete vibrators, which is a little other category. And these are vibrators that are disguised to look like things that are not sex toy-esque, non-phallic shapes. Um, so this could be like in our office, we have one that's like a duck. So that could be fun. We could keep that in our bathroom and nobody will ever know. Um, and then we have, it can be good if we're like, you know, have to, have, we have roommates and or we don't, there's somebody we don't want to see it. Um, and then the next one is a dual vibrator, um, also known as the rabbit. Uh, it, so this vibrator, it's going to be, in, it's going to have kind of two parts. This also might be helpful to look up, but one that's, being inserted um vaginally or anally and then the other is like stimulating the clitoris um yeah and those are a little more expensive they can be from 25 to 100 dollars and then we have the magic wand we like to know um <laughs> we call it the big daddy of all vibrators um, and it was originally marketed as a back massager um, but it became popularly used as a vibrator that the marketing kind of changed for it and now it's used as a sex toy and it has two settings but can be pretty in intense sorry the what? old ones have two settings but oh, there's the new like ones? newer ones I think that have a lot more Oh, okay, okay. So there's there's a lot of settings <laughs> now. Um, so yeah, that could be a fun way to experiment with different sensations. But these are also a little on the expensive side, of sep between seventy and one hundred forty dollars. And then uh, there's some other fun vibrating toys we can look at, such as vibrating panties. Have you guys heard of that? Those? Yeah, just like underwear, you can wear the vibrates if you want that or you could can also just put a vibrator in your, your underwear true yeah and then there are also ones that are like 
now these days you can get an app <laughs> these days, <laughs> these saying, days. You, you couldn't do it in the other in days, modern so. times <laughs> <laughs> you have an app on your phone where let's say you're um you you can operate it through an app to like start the the vibrator right yeah, yeah. it can be crazy <laughs> What? <laughs> it said Bluetooth is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then finger vibrator. Yeah. So these are just like, you can basically put it on your finger. Kind of because we were talking about like the harnesses and stuff um, that you can like strap to your hands. Kind of like that. Um, but it's just good if we have limited mobility in our hands. It's just like on there so we don't have to do as much movement. Mm. Um, so that's pretty cool. And then did you want to take suction? Yeah. And then we have the last kind of vibrator we'll talk about are suction vibrators. And these are vibrators that have a head that uses air pulsation to mimic oral sex. Um, so womanizer or maybe if we've heard of Rose toys, they're a popular example of that. So I think is that kind of more like the throbby, like pulsing sensation? Yeah, I think it's like actual like suction. Yeah. Okay, okay, but like not a crazy amount. That's like scary. <laughs> like mm. it's like a very like nice like suction. Yeah, it's just different. Yeah, um, <laughs> I will. I want to plug like some cheap vibrators because it's nice to know, and they're like on campus or around campus. At Target, there are vibrators that are from this company called Plus One, I believe. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and they have a dual vibrator that's like. 20 bucks and it's high like it's very like good silicone um rechargeable like very like washable easy to work with and they're cheap and they're just in target so very they have them at walgreens mm-hmm. too yeah, right? walgreens as well yeah. so there's like two places um in downtown at least madison that we can get those and they also have bullet vibrators and they have i believe they have suction ones too um so just a plug for that, if anyone would be looking for a cheap way to get a very, like, body-safe one as well. Yeah. Okay, so next we're just going to go over a few toys that are, like, specific for anal play. Um, so these are typically made of silicone, so that's the same cleaning techniques as silicone dildos. Um, so important notes. Uh, first of all, we really want to make sure that all anal toys have a base or a handle because we don't want anything to, like, get lost up there. <laughs> Um, so basically just anything that's bigger than what's actually being inserted. So it's like a like stopper mechanism. The um, flared base. Yeah, flared base. <laughs> and then also we want to use lots of lube um, because the anus is not self-lubricating. So just, you know, add more lube and then just keep going. So, yeah, um, we have butt plugs. So these just come in a lot of different textures, colors, and sizes, but typically silicone, metal, or glass, and some do vibrate. And they basically just look like a shorter dildo with a flared base. Uh, And these aren't meant for, like, a thrusting kind of penetration, but just to create this full sensation or stimulating the prostate. Um, So going with that, we also have prostate stimulators that... Um, are like insertive vibrators that are specifically designed to stimulate the prostate. So there's like a kind of crooked like hook end to it that can sit against the prostate and vibrate. Also not meant for thrusting penetration. Um, so these can be like 30 to $50 and butt plugs can be like 20 to 80 It varies. 
Um, and then we also have anal beads, which is just a string of beads that end with a handle or stopper. Um, and the beads can vary in size. Um, and sometimes they'll like increase in size as we get closer to the handle. And we can just slowly insert and remove the beads to heighten um, sensations. We don't want to like rip those out though, because that would probably hurt. Um, and yeah, make sure to use lube again. And it's best to avoid any beads that use like string between them just because that's more like it's harder to clean and could also scratch the vagina or anus and these can be like 10 to 20 dollars okay and then there's also a lot of sensation toys that are just can be used for like impact play or kink um so there's a ton of these um we talked about masturbation sleeves before which is basically like silicone that has different textures on the inside um, and then like cock rings, which can come in a lot of different materials like leather or silicone um, that are just like put on behind the testicles and can restrict blood flow from the penis, which can like prolong or enhance an erection. Uh, also, there are vibrating ones. And then nipple clamps are pretty commonly heard of. There's also like suction ones um, that can like vary in sensation and also restrict blood flow, which just makes us more sensitive, basically like. Um, it's like blood vessels come to the surface and then that can be mm -hmm. more pleasurable. Yeah. yeah. Um, so also with that, like floggers, um, again, like bringing, just make us more sensitive and then it can be more pleasurable. Um, and then something new that, newish that we like to talk about are like buffer rings or O-nuts um, that can go over the penis just to control the depth of penetration um, basically it's four rings that can be like adjusted if maybe penetration is too deep, but both partners still receive stimulation. So there's like a ton of benefits to this, but like a few reasons why they're really great. Um, for anyone that feels discomfort during penetrative sex, so this could be pain due to like endometriosis, pelvic floor dysfunction, um, PCOS or polycystic ovarian syndrome, uh, maybe after gender affirming surgery, uh, stress or trauma or vaginismus. There's like a bunch of other ones. Um, I think cancer is a reason, but basically it's really great because it's adjustable and, you know, both partners are still getting sensation. So yay, O-Nut. And then also electrostimulation or E-STEM toys um, that just basically give a shocking sensation. There's a lot of kinds of those as well, like the um, Stinger Electro Play Wand um, or an Electro Paddle. But these are for external use only and preferably below the waist. Um, we want to be safe with these. Yeah. Yeah. And I think one note just to make on um, cock rings and nipple clamps is just to not have those on for more than 20 minutes uh, just because you are restricting blood flow. Um it's just like what's recommended by like healthcare professionals. Um, you don't want to restrict blood flow that long because it can cause like permanent damage. Just so like have them for 20 minutes, you know, go do other some other fun things or like finish up or then you can come back to it. Um, but yeah, just a note on that. Um, just like an important like safety thing. But yeah, those are all kind of the different uh, toys that we want to talk about that can be super fun and sexy to use during masturbation um, or just in general. Um, that's just good to know for just generally speaking. Um, I kind of want to come into our next section, which we want to talk about uh, porn. 
which is uh, I feel like a big topic when we're talking about masturbation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have a couple notes we want to make on it, um, in general, just about it and its use during masturbation. Um, so first and foremost, we want to blanket statement say that porn is not educational, um, but that doesn't mean it's all bad. Um, it's important to talk about. Um, porn when we're talking about masturbation because um, the average age people are exposed to porn on the internet is 11 to 13 years old so you know kids uh, might be you know masturbating or you know looking at these things like to these things like when they're younger Um, so it's just important to note that um, you know a lot of porn may not be necessarily like realistic or things like that or ethical Um, so it's good to like put that out in the air and have like a clear um, like, uh, what's the word? Transparency about it, just to make sure that um, it's uh, yeah, yeah, yeah it's good to have watch. all the information about because it's kind of um, what's the um, it's it's inevitable that mm-hmm. um, people are often going to be exposed to porn. <laughs> There's a lot of nuance to the porn conversation, which yeah. is for another day, but it's just okay to watch porn when we masturbate yeah and it's just it, we should know it's not realistic yeah or listen to porn because yeah. Quinn is also a great platform that uses audio erotica that we can check out i did just want to end on one fun fact because i i tell everybody <laughs> i know about this fun fact and i need to tell all of you but so go for it bella We've all heard of graham crackers, right? Yes. Maybe we've, I love maybe graham we've used them in the summer to make s'mores. Maybe we just eat them out of the bag. Well, did you know that originally graham crackers were invented to stop masturbation and other sexual ur- urges? The inventor, Sylvester Graham, was a minister in the early 1800s, and he did not like lust lust for sexual desire lust for like even alcohol or sugar he was like no and so graham crackers were originally invented as this like plain not no taste cracker that people would eat and not masturbate wow thank you but it's it's ironic because now they're a sweet treat used for enjoyment in life so it's beautiful and i feel like s'mores are kind of sexy too yeah so i feel like that kind of backfired yeah exactly (laughs) well that's a beautiful note to end on (laughs) that's all we have for y'all today about masturbation um hopefully that's you learn something you learn something you could take this into your life or you know let your friends know some of the cool info you learned. But yeah, thanks for joining us again um, at the at our podcast. Bye. Bye. Looking for more from WSUM? Check out our FM signal for dynamic music and talk shows, live sports broadcasts, and daily news coverage. We're proud to bring you alternative programming 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Tune in to WSUM 91.7 FM Madison for something you won't find anywhere else.